Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. How many of you can complete the title of this sermon, Free to Be? You and me. That's probably those of you born around 1970 and the hippie parents of that generation. Marlo Thomas, that girl, cut an album on vinyl, conceived of a book, and started a revolution. She wrote, I want this book to belong to you. And even more, I want you who read this book to belong to yourselves. We have made this book in the hope that it will start you a few steps or a leap in that direction. Those of you who are looking for Wonderland or Prince Charming or a sleeping or even sleepy princess will not find them here. The world we care about here is the most adventurous, the largest, the most wondrous of all. The world to which Marlo Thomas and a cast of writers, poets, visual artists, and musicians was giving voice, words and pictures and songs, was a world in which the women were strong and the men were pretty and vice versa. A world in which Sleeping Beauty can stay awake and look at her life with her eyes wide open, and the brave prince can relax and enjoy his life without continually having to prove his manhood. A world in which everyone was exactly who they were meant to be, peaceful, joyful, and free. Early in the book, Shel Silverstein introduces us to a girly girl, a tender, sweet young thing, he says, who insists that life is always ladies first. All good until our imperious anti-hero out on safari encounters a pride of hungry tigers. Ladies first, she insists. The final illustration shows four very fat tigers rubbing their full bellies. It continues in this vein, you're getting the idea, Grace Ann Andreasi Di Candido, a mom and lecturer in children's and young adult literature, in that order, first gave this book to her son Keith on his fifth birthday in 1974. Here she is on rediscovering Free to Be You and Me, reviewing the just released 35th anniversary edition. The original burst into our consciousness like a fireworks chrysanthemum, she writes startling and brilliant. It said things we were just beginning to articulate as parents. Boys can play with dolls. Girls can play baseball. Parents are people who can be almost anything they want to be. There are a lot of things they can do. Housework is just no fun, but less icky if everyone helps. Everyone should help. War is not healthy for children and other living things. We, as young parents, she continues, were looking for a new paradigm. We wanted stories where the princess rescued the prince, or the dragon, or herself. We wanted stories about William's doll and mommy's at work. We wanted the allegedly generic he 
to be he or she. We knew the children heard he and thought boy, no matter what grammarians said. We wanted our son to have stories where both parents cooked, like his, where both parents cared for him, like his, where aunts and friends made families, like his. Looking at that original edition is pretty astounding. Little boys and little girls are made of the same things, care and love. None of this sugar and spice or puppy dog tail stuff. Poet Dan Greenberg's ditty, My Dog is a Plumber, reminds us that you cannot always tell just what someone is by what they do well. It may be surprising to you that these ideas were radical at the time. Here's radical. Poet Elaine Laron's No One Else actually insists that no one can tell you how to feel. It begins, now someone else can tell you how to multiply by three, and someone else can tell you how to spell Schenectady, and someone else can tell you how to ride a two-wheeled bike, but no one else, no, no one else can tell you what to like. An engineer can tell you how to run a railroad train, a map can tell you where to find the capital of Spain, a book can tell you all the names of every star above, but no one else, no, no one else can tell you whom to love. Commenting on the new edition, Graciana Andriasso de Candido concludes, I was a little surprised at how fresh the text remains. Judith Fiorz, the Southpaw, a delicious exchange between Janet, who wants to pitch, and her former friend, Richard, who is trying to keep girls off the baseball team, appeared on torn scraps of notebook paper in the first edition. Now it's an email, but it's just as funny. In Zachary's divorce, his mother says, it's not your divorce, Zachary. It's daddy's and mine. We expect now to hear inclusive pronouns and have shelves full of plucky princesses and gentle princes, but it is a definite goodness to see that crying is a part of living, that baseball and cooking are not gender-specific activities, and that friendship between the sexes is not only possible, but desirable. Two more especially beautiful, fresh pieces First, author Phil Ressner's Dudley Pippin and the Principal. Dudley has been wrongly accused of disrupting his classroom and is compelled to stay after school. He's very angry. On the way home, he runs into the principal. Did you do it? The principal asks. Dudley shook his head. I knew you didn't do it. The principal said, your teacher must have made a mistake. It wasn't fair. Dudley nodded. I bet you'd like to cry, the principal said. No, Dudley said, and began to cry. He cried a long time. That's fine, the principal said when Dudley was through. I'm sorry, Dudley said. What for, the principal asked. You did that very well. But only sissies cry, Dudley said. A sissy, the principal said is somebody who doesn't cry because he's afraid people will call him a sissy if he does. <laughs> then he took a little blue flute out of his pocket. Say, he said, just listen to this nice tune I learned yesterday. It's lovely. And he began to play, and the music was sad and joyous, and it filled the quiet street, 
and went out over the darkling trees and the whole world. Imagine if you weren't being raised on that. Here's one last piece, and these are just a small sampling. This is poet Carol Hall's It's All Right to Cry. This one was originally sung by Roosevelt Greer, who was a professional football player and needlepoint crafter. He's now a minister. It's all right to cry. Crying gets the sad out of you. It's all right to cry. It might make you feel better. Raindrops from your eyes, washing all the mad out of you. Raindrops from your eyes, it might make you feel better. It's all right to feel things, though the feelings may be strange. Feelings are such real things, and they change and change and change. It's all right to know. Feelings come and go. It's all right to cry. It might make you feel better. Imagine if you weren't being raised on that. Today is not only the glorious fifth anniversary of equal marriage in Massachusetts, it is also the International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia, also known as Idaho. Idaho's appeal to the United Nations and the World Health Organization begins Every day, people who live at variance with expected gender norms face violence, abuse, rape, torture, and hate crimes all over the world, in their homes as well as in the public arena. The basic rights of trans people are being ignored or denied in all nations, be it out of ignorance, prejudice, fear, or hate. Overwhelmingly, trans people face daily discrimination, which results in social exclusion, poverty, poor health care, and few prospects of appropriate employment. Here's what strikes me about these words. Try substituting women for trans people from the early days of free to be you and me. Everyday women who live at variance with expected gender norms face violence, abuse, rape, torture, and hate crimes all over the world, in their homes, as well as in the public arena. Go back further in time and try this. Every day, African Americans who live at variance with expected racial norms face violence, abuse, rape, torture, and hate crimes all over the world. And then this, every day, Lesbians and gay men who live at variance with expected gender norms face violence, abuse, rape, torture, and hate crimes all over the world in their homes as well as in the public arena. It's high time for Idaho, time for this International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia, time for the next generation of free to be you and me. Still fresh, poet Dan Greenberg writes, don't dress your cat in an apron just because he's learning to bake. Don't put your horse in a nightgown just because he won't stay awake. Don't dress your snake in a moo-moo just because he's off on a cruise. 
Don't dress your whale in galoshes if she really prefers overshoes. A person should wear what he wants to and not just what other folks say. A person should do what she likes to. A person's a person that way. My spiritual companions, on this anniversary of a barrier-shattering milestone in civil rights history, let us join with Unitarian Universalists everywhere in rededicating ourselves to the covenant of the first principle of Unitarian Universalism to affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every being. The moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. May we be strung on the bow of that moral arc. Let us affirm that every being is free to be. And may our hearts and minds and hands be arrows of love, service, justice, and peace.